This week's uber-talented guest is well on their way to reaching their goal of having a huge comeback in 2021. I hope their story inspires and motivates you like it did for me. We talk about being a child actor, funny music, and opening the Akashic Records. Let's rock, let's rock, let's rock today. Thanks for coming back to Is This Podcast Name Taken? It's the show about the things we're doing to stay sane in a crazy world. And speaking about crazy, uh, Mercury is in retrograde, folks. And um, I was actually told that by my guest today. Um, and my guest today is one of those confounding multi-hyphenates that you hear so much about. These these people who are so talented in so many different arenas. Um, I am going to do my best to introduce them, but they really need no introduction. So today's guest is comedian, writer, actor, singer-songwriter, Rivka Reyes. And uh, I'm going to take the second to welcome you to the show. Hey, Rivka, how are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for that intro. That was lovely. <laughs> Thank you. I, I tried. I mean, I, I did my research. I'm like, okay, they can't have any more talent than this. And then I found out you were a writer, and I'm like, God dang it, this <laughs> this intro is going to be so, so messy, but I did my best. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me know about Mercury being in, being in Gatorade. You know, I had um, to. I had to let you know because, you know, there's technology issues, and there might be people from your past reaching out, and, you know... It happens. It's just yeah. That's what that's what this time is all about. Um, but all we can do is know that the weirdness is not only coming from us; it's also coming from the stars. Um, and we didn't do anything wrong. We're not being cursed. We're actually just, Sweet. you know, it's just a lesson and a blessing, and everything's it. it's written in the stars. <laughs> Well, that explains why I've wanted to contact an ex of mine. Um, that's uh, that's no good. I don't want to do that, and yet I'm like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I should. Um, but what I'm hearing from you is the stars are are messing with me. Yeah, just a little. Not messing with. I feel like the stars don't mess okay. with us. They just they just do their thing, and you know we can either succumb to the weirdness and and contribute to it, or just know that. It's coming from a place of like, oh, like Mercury is literally just like upside down right now in a way that is like just making Wi-Fi bad and like <laughs> making schedule like Google Cal like all messed up like today, and yep. and yeah. <laughs> you know it, it it's fine. I my one of my exes uh, reached out um, about something that they super didn't need to reach out about like they could have just like continued to like let me live my life and like not reached out but they chose to they chose to to they chose violence um <laughs> they, they reached out um and like i i engaged with it for like five seconds and i was just like yeah this doesn't feel good i'm i'm going to ask you to respectfully stop talking to me um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they were really respectful of it, which is nice. Um, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. 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 This, this was a, a non, um, a non dramatic fallout, which was good. Um, and not normal for me. So <laughs> oh. yeah, we're learning, we're, you know, we're learning. Always learning. Yeah. Um, oh, and if you hear any dog noises in my audio, you can keep talking. Um, we are recording both our tracks, so don't worry. Um, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. Um, so, Rivka, 
Um, guys, if you're listening, I will probably have in the show notes, or the schnotes as we call them, that Rivka um, <laughs> was a child actor. Um, and uh, you were in the movie School of Rock. And um, I, I did want to ask you one question about School of Rock. We'll get into why I'm only asking one. And it's one I don't think you've ever been asked. Yeah, let's get um, the one question out of the way and then get the <laughs> real meat of the pod. Yeah, the meat of the pod. I mean, this is like the whipped cream. Uh, well, whipped cream on meat sounds gross. Maybe this is why. Maybe this is why nobody's listening. Um, so, I've been I've been getting into special features on Blu-rays lately. Um, okay. I am single, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> but I've I've been really getting into them. I don't know why. Um, and my question for you is: Do you remember recording the audio commentary for uh, School of Rock? And what was that like? Yes, um, the kids' commentary was really fun. Um, we did it in Chicago, which is where I am from. Mm-hmm. The movie was shot in New York, and then we did all our press stuff in Hollywood. And you know, we went to Toronto, we went to Japan, we did a bunch of like you know premieres in different countries and stuff. And then to do the um, the commentary in Chicago was so fun because everybody was coming to us rather than me having to you know go out there uh, and. Yeah, it was cool. We were all kind of just like sitting in this um, recording studio um, where I think we also did like our, um, what is it called? AVR, Um, Mm -hmm. which is where we like record little, like we record over lines that were kind of like messed up, like for the initial recording of their filming. Um, But anyway, we were there and um, yeah, they just had the movie playing on a big screen and we had the movie in our headphones and we were all sitting in front of separate mics and it was really fun. I I, I remember very vividly, I was sitting next to Joey who played Zach Mooneyham and uh, next to me on the other side, I think was uh, Miranda uh, who played Summer and yeah, I just, I I have very vivid memories of that day. yeah, it was it was really cute. It was it was really fun. I haven't listened to it, um, but I'm sure I'm sure we were were cute uh, <laughs> and charming because uh, we were, we all you know the chemistry was super um, palpable there. Like we all just really loved each other. We were like a little family unit, and you know got really close. And anytime we got to do something like that, or like you know, go to Japan together or like go, you know, after shooting, anytime we got to reunite was just like a big uh, family reunion. And yeah, it was just beautiful. The the thing that it reminded me of from your writing is like going to a really fun summer camp and then seeing who who was there the next year. And, you know, but it, it was you got to see each other a little more than that during that time. But um, the camaraderie between you you all is really something. Um, I I haven't listened to the commentary since I was a kid. I um, I'm I'm 31, so when that movie came out, I was I was around the age of, of you all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to say like 13, that 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do want to say that you know, it's it's really cool that that movie came out and it got people to play instruments. Um, me and my friends were already in a band, but like seeing that movie was just so inspiring and it is one of my all time favorite movies. So, you know, it is really cool to talk to oh, you. Oh, thank you. And- yeah, it, it was a really fun experience. And honestly, you know, I had years of resentment around yep. it and then I got over it once I remembered how 
influential it was to other kids and even adults like who can relate to Dewey and also Ned like and also Miss Mullins and also Patty like I mean there's something in it for everybody truly um you know I find myself lately relating to Dewey you know (laughs) um and and you know wanting to you know serve society by rocking somehow um yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah. i I relate to him when the rent is due (laughs) yeah same oh my god same (laughs) i i um before we move on from that um i do want to say that there is one line from that movie that as a kid i didn't understand it and it's the scene where um dewey is in the lunchroom talking to another teacher and he says lil nepotiz (laughs) (laughs) and i had no idea improvised that was completely improvised yeah jack was you know he's such he's so good um he's such a talented improviser i think he started at the groundlings and like you know that's the the mecca of improv for la um and you know character based improv too but they also i think really really um strive to like let people find what their their character is and like just um elevate that and and you know because of that we have so many greats we have jack we have Kristen wig we have chloe Feynman, we have like just all these like mega talented improvisers and, and comedic and character actors that just are so i look up to them so much jack black is such an amazing lesson in authenticity he's always authentically jack it's that's like the way he is on camera is the way he is offset he's um he's just so he's just a fireball of energy and i just uh admire i admire him so much i like loved working with him and and even still like you know uh whenever Tenacious D was in Chicago doing a show and I've since moved to LA, but like, you know, whenever Tenacious D was in Chicago doing a show, I would like, you know, get tickets. Like he would, he would hook Mm -hmm. it up and like, you know, I'd bring like a friend or a a partner or whatever. And (laughs) there, there are a handful of, uh, exes of mine who have had the meet Jack Black because you're dating the bassist from school of rock (laughs) experience. And, you know, we, I, I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's a cool milestone for them. <laughs> well, I, it's so great to hear that Jack is a nice guy because there's so many people in Hollywood who, you know, you hear about them and they let you down. And he was and still is a hero of mine. But I'm not here to talk about Jack. I do want to say um, I thought Lil Nepotiz was like some sort of rapper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I now know it's nepotism. And that's what he it's was talking so about. It's so funny. Lil um, Nepotiz. Lil Nepotiz. Yeah, he's, he's great. I, I think that his whole filmography is like super underrated. But again, not here to talk about Jack. Well rounded, too. No, we can talk about him because he's no, one of my no. heroes, too. Like, well, he, he's so well rounded. We got to see him do the romantic lead in Shallow How. We got to see him play the funny fat guy in like three movies in a row Saving Silverman, High Fidelity, Orange County. And mm-hmm. then we get School of Rock, which is just him, like, playing the closest character to himself. Right. It's and, insane. like, it, it was his breakthrough. It was true. Like, I mean, yeah, he was already huge, like, a huge celebrity, but, like, and a huge star. But this was, like, him on the cover of this thing, him as the front man of this thing. And, like, I remember 
because I'm a nerd and, and, you know, my mom is very, um, type A and, and very perfectionist and like whatever she was like, you have to study his work. Like, you know, let's watch, you know, all these movies. We watched a bunch of them. And then I listened to some of the tenacious D stuff that was like appropriate enough. Um, and I heard tribute and I was like, tribute, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like I want to make comedic music too one day. Like I thought it would be fun, uh, to do, you know, something like that. And it's so, I feel like Tenacious D is their their stuff is so esoteric, like and and so f- just fucking funny, like and I get a lot of inspiration for my comedic music from them. Yeah, um, I love your songs, by the way. I do. Thank you. Want to ask you about your songs? Um, but yeah, no, Jack is a hero of mine in this in this house. He's a legend, and even stuff like Bernie, he gets to do King Kong. He he just has so much range and. But um, what inspired me to have you on my little show is um, you did an article called Confessions of an Obsolete Child Actor, and um, it was on a Medium page. And I remember my mom actually sent me the link to it and just said, like, you have to read this. This is uh, the bassist from uh, School of Rock. And uh, I read it. It was a Sunday morning, and, like, it was just really, like, really moving because I have heard you know things about being a child actor here or there but um you really did such a great job of um showing what a what a whole person you are and like how many dimensions there are to your character about you you know that acting gig that you got was so huge and it did make a huge difference in your life but it came it carried with it a lot of like dark stuff and uh, i just want to i want to know like what inspired you to write that article Um, I was seeing a lot of people like people like me who, you know, did a gig, you know, children or not like, you know, it was just like actors who had had like one big role or like, you know, one big gig, um, or like a couple big gigs and then fell, you know, kind of off the face of the planet. Um, according to IMDb, like, And I was seeing a lot of shaming on Twitter and like whatever, like there was this actor who, um, was out of work and was working at Trader Joe's and somebody took a picture of him and was like shaming him. And I don't know if you remember that, but like, I, I just saw that and my heart just sunk for him. And I was just like, you know, that's like really not fair. And like, whether him not being an actor right now is his choice or not, like, it doesn't just because somebody's IMDb credits aren't like consistent or like, you know, abundant, that doesn't mean they're any less of an actor or a person or whatever. And like, we got to be nicer. <laughs> like, and yeah, I was feeling also like this sense of like, if I don't just get these words out of my brain and onto a page, I will be resentful forever. And for me, like resentment is the destroyer of all things good. It is this destroyer of my humility. It destroys my forgiveness. It destroys everything. So I had to get the words out on paper. I did. And I, um, I just like wrote it in a Google doc on my computer and like, let it sit, you know, for a couple months. Cause I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready to put this out now. And then when COVID happened and we were in lockdown, I started writing again. I did uh, The Artist's Way with one of my good friends, Nicole, and like started writing morning pages every day. And something that came up in my morning pages 
you know, consistently for a couple days in a row is I should release that article that I wrote. I should release that essay. I should put it out there somewhere. And then I did. I, I gave it like a notes pass. I, I, you know, looked at the grammar and then I put it out on Medium. And a couple days later, one of the editors from Medium was like, hey, like we want to, you know, we want to uh, put you, you know, up on human parts, which is like basically on Medium, the section that's all about like mental health and like, you know, recovery and just like very truthful um, stories from, from humans. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, yeah, tight. And they like hooked me up with an editor and we, you know, gave it another draft. And the one that you saw was, um, yeah, the, the, the kind of escalated, uh, illuminated version of it. Um, my mother unfortunately didn't really like the way she was portrayed in it. Um, you know, and she felt that she was, made out to be a bad mom. And I was just like, well, I'm sorry that the truth makes you feel like a bad mom. Uh, and we ended up having to, you know, take a break, um, take some space from each other for a couple months, but you know, we've sorted that out. Um, I've, you know, reached out and said like, Hey, I'm sorry that, you know, I put some of our private stuff out there without consulting you first. Um, that was, you know, uh, inconsiderate of me, but, you know, I love you. And like, this is all for good. Uh, this is all not, this is definitely not meant to be like a bashing of you. It was more just to be a representation of who I am now. And I love you and I hope you can forgive me. And she has, and you know, we're, we're rebuilding or build starting to, repurpose and rebrand our relationship in a really healthy way. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, that's, um, really special and maybe you can build something even stronger, you know, it's something to think about. Um, it's an amazing article. I, I will put it in the show notes. I'm not saying schnotes cause you just said something serious. Um, I love schnotes. I think it's <laughs> so <too>. funny. <laughs> me too. I love it. No, I don't, I don't think your mom comes off bad at all. Um, I think it's an emotionally intelligent thing. That's what I love about it is that you don't go too far into the um, the depths, but you give us a glimpse a glimpse into the the pain that you you carried for so long, and you really do come out a, a stronger person at the end. It seems like, and it really what I like about it is that it made me feel hopeful at the end for so many reasons. And um, yeah, um, thanks for writing it. Thanks for... Thank you. No, yeah. I mean, I I also wanted to, you know, give a voice to other actors who have experienced similar or people who aren't, like, on the same level of, like, public um, figureness as I am who, you know, maybe feel like they've peaked. And, like, I always used to joke that I peaked at 10, but I don't really believe in peaks anymore, like... I believe in, you know, many peaks. I believe in, you know, there's, (laughs) there's low spots, right? And then there's also high spots and like, why does it only have to be one? Like, you know, just because my breakthrough role was when I was 10 doesn't mean I can't have another breakthrough role at 30, you know? Um, 
and so, you know, I jokingly tweeted, like, I'm going to make a comeback in 2021. I thought I did it to be snarky and stupid, but, you know, I do really feel like I'm, I'm being on a lot of podcasts. I'm, you know, working on my own projects and got, you know, collaborators who are, you know, working on projects that they have me in and, I have a movie coming out at the end of this month and another one coming out later this year. Like, you know, things are, things are okay, you know? And, and ultimately the industry is so mean and so petty and it doesn't need to be that way. Like it, it just, it, it, (laughs) I know it thrives on that, right? It thrives on keeping people small, but that's not really why I came to this industry. I kind of came to destroy norms and uh, uh, old ideas and value systems. And yeah, I'm just trying to be of service any way I can. And if that's through writing my truth and putting my truth out there, great. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I do want to say that my, my friend Justine wanted me to ask you a question. Um, Okay. She wanted me to ask you, um, what is something that Hollywood could do um, that would make being a child actor e- easier? Um, and I also would consider adding parents to that too. Uh, yeah, I think Hollywood, and, Hollywood parents and parents both can like invest in therapy for their kids. Um, I think therapy is hella important. Um, you know, Hollywood could either fund that for the kids or. that could be on the parents. Um, and obviously that comes from making therapy more accessible, um, and like affordable, um, for all, um, you know, not to get on a political, you know, hilltop or anything like that, but like, yeah, I think obviously this is like a healthcare and insurance issue and, you know, a capitalism issue, but you know, we don't have to get all into that, but, and then just like, yeah, support, like, also, like, checking in, like, as the parents of, of child actors or child performers or, you know, even athletes, too, like, checking in with your kids, like, hey, are you still invested in this? Do you still want to do this? Is this a waste of your time? Would you rather be doing something else? Yeah. Um, there was never a point where I didn't want to be an actor after I started when I was 10, but, like, the way that I was doing it wasn't feeling great, and when I expressed interest in, you know, going into more musical theater and doing more like regional or even just like local stuff, I was met with a little bit of resistance because, you know, I think that, you know, my parents were a little financially like unstable and they were kind of putting pressure on me to book something else so that I could buy them a house or, you know, pay their mortgage. And that sucks. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel good as a 10 year old to be the breadwinner of the family. Um, and I think, you know, back to the therapy thing, like the parents probably need to do some of their own, you know, mental health work too around it, because some of the things that happened to me in my journey, like could have been prevented by (laughs) some, rigorous honesty on my parents' behalf, but that's not something I can really control. And I get to now let that change kind of begin with me, um, which is exhausting, but worth it. That's um, a really awesome idea because 
studios can definitely afford that um, to have their actors get get therapy. I mean, especially child actors. Like, or even like having an onset counselor, especially for the kids who like do, you know, more dramatic roles. Like I was yeah. lucky that it was School of Rock and it wasn't like me, like, you know, acting in a movie where I was like grieving the death of everyone around me or something her- like that. Hereditary. Like, I feel like everyone on set for Hereditary, if you've seen that one, should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely qualify for therapy. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I know kind of loosely the the story. I, I uh, live alone, and I don't think it's one that I want to watch by myself. Um, um, so I, I'm saving it for, like, a movie night with, like, a friend or something. Good, good. Um, I do want to say, but, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I saw no, that movie while, while I was in the middle of a panic attack. Um, Yikes, no. Yeah, I went, to the, I went to the doctor, and they said, well, you should probably take today off from work and do something that you like. And I'm like, I like seeing movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that movie, you haven't seen it, so I won't spoil it, but it is literally the worst possible movie I could have seen that day and possibly of all time because it deals with mental health. All right. Yeah, all. yeah. I, I, I did, I, yeah, that and like Midsommar. Like I've seen Midsommar, but um, I was in a really good place when I saw it. And, you know, I, I, I was able to see it from like a point of view of like, wow, like, you know, so trauma. This is so cathartic, like for her, you know, <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Um... Get, yeah, I get it. <laughs> slay. Um, yeah, literally slay. Um, I guess that's a spoiler. Oh, well, if you haven't seen it, then tough luck. Um, but yeah, you were in the middle of talking and I interrupted you with my story. Um, it's OK. It's OK. No, this, you know, um, I think having an onset counselor, you know, especially for the roles that are more serious, especially for, you know, any role that deals with trauma, um, because asking a kid to go there, you know, that's a lot. And yeah, they're being paid to go there. But like, I think that if you're investing in, in this story, you also should be investing in the mental health of the people telling the story. Hell yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, and like you said, they get paid, but like as a child, understanding the concept of like a mortgage or, um, you know, a paycheck or like insurance or a 401k, like, yeah, I, I, would yeah, to be, be 10 and know what per diem means, like, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, it's why it's truly wild. Like, I remember. And I talk about this in the article a little bit. Like, I had a moment where I realized I was an adult. Like, when I was yeah, 10, yeah. I was, like, s- stealing champagne, like, at this, like, Hollywood, par- actually, it was Toronto Film Festival party. And I was, like, drinking a little Dixie cup of champagne. And I was just, like, I'm not a kid. Like, I'm a full-grown person now. Like, I have a yeah. job. Wow. This is my life now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just bizarre. Um, it is a very strange way to be. And coming back to school and, you know, coming back to, you know, Chicago. And I'm from the city of Chicago. I'm not from some, like, rural, like, you know, podunk town. But, like, coming back to Chicago and, like, eating at restaurants with my family and being, like, to the waiter, like, can I please have a hot tea? Like, at 10 years old, like, that is is not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Earl Grey, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, well, that's... um... Yeah, that's... I was a jasmine green kind of gal myself. Okay, okay. I I got into citron green and um, I liked mint tea because it. When I was a singer, well, I still am a singer, but um, when I would get a sore throat, the mint tea plus honey was like the miracle cure, no matter what was going on. So I yeah, and then I started to like that tea just on its own. I'm all about the um, turmeric ginger tea now. Mm. I really like turmeric. I think it's a really 
it's a divine, you know, taste. I feel like, I don't know, anything herbal, like, I love it. Like, not, not, like, weed or anything like that. But, like, for food, like, you know, anything that has a lot of herbs in it, I'm like, wow, like, this came from the earth. Like, (laughs) I don't know. There's something super sacred about that. Mother Earth shall provide, and she is good. Um, She do, she do. (laughs) So, before we get into the segment, I do want to... You know, the, the show is about the hobbies we picked up during um, quarantining and all that. You mentioned that the article was written um, during that time. Um, and you mentioned Morning Pages. You kind of covered it in a way. Um, I do want to say Morning Pages is awesome. I wish I, um, well, I should get back to doing it. Um, but is there any other big hobbies you picked up during quarantining you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so... You know, I, I've been out of work for a little while and, um, you know, both as an actor and as my side job, which I work at a skincare company um, in Los Angeles. And we had to shut down um, our, our store, um, which is where I worked. And, you know, uh, first of all, I got really invested in like learning about ingredients of like skincare products and stuff, which is really cool. I could talk your ear off of it, about that, but I'm not going to. Um, and then also I got really into, and I've been on this journey towards this for a while. Um, but I got really into tarot and I got really into human design and, and, um, astrology, not so much, but like human design is really cool. And then, uh, this practice called opening the Akashic records. And it basically is like a psychic, um, intuitive, like superpower that I've been like kind of training myself in since May. Um, and it's become just this, like, not, not a hobby anymore. Like this is a part of my livelihood, um, to a point where I'm like taking session, like I have clients, like I, I have people who I read for, um, virtually on zoom, which I'm really grateful for zoom for that. And yeah. And then the other one is TikTok. Um, I became fully, obsessed with TikTok over the pandemic. It's like, I was on it, you know, when I was living in Chicago just to like look and just watch TikToks because I thought they were entertaining and funny. But then I met a friend, um, I met a person who is like a TikTok star and they were like, you know, you could kill it on TikTok if you like, you know, make a bunch of videos and then like, you know, get some followers, get some likes. And then um, make like a school of rock video. And I was just like, I could probably do that, huh? And I did. And now, you know, TikTok has been probably my most successful social media presence. Um, and it's just such a joyful place. I feel like I've learned more on TikTok in the, you know, year that I've been on it than I learned in college or high school. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about TikTok and people using it as an educational tool. So that's really cool that you were able to, uh, you know, make make a, a dent there. I mean, make a have a good social media following. I, um, what's your handle? I'll put it in the notes. Oh, it's just my name. It's Rivka.Reyes on TikTok and Instagram. All right. Um, I, yeah, I love TikTok. It's, a, it's such a source of joy, too. I mean, and and <laughs> we'll probably get into this in a minute here in the segment. I, yeah. I have, yeah, I have a fun, I have a fun thing for that. Awesome. This segment is called Upgraded, and it's a segment where the guest and I talk about uh, something that we've done in the last week or so to improve our, our lives. And I thought it was a great segment for 
um, the time we're in now because we're all in our homes a little bit more. When you're in uh, the Midwest, our, things are getting really cold right now. So these little upgrades can help out a lot. And um, I think um, since you sound like you're really excited about it, do you want to go first? Mine yeah. is really mine is really yeah. bad. Like it's well, not bad. Well, then but why don't you boring. go f- go first? Why okay. don't you go first? All right, yeah. Because then I yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I don't want to follow that. All right, so um, ever since I was little, I uh, I didn't really care for bagels. Um, my friend, what, I'm Megan, sorry. What was that? Ever since I was little, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. No, I just wanted okay. to hear what <laughs> okay. you. Sad. Ever ever since I was little, I haven't cared for bagels. Okay, so what the fuck is a bagel? Oh, ba- bagel? I'm just messing with you. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I am, just am love I the way that Minnesota people say that word. It's so I'm being cyberbullied right now. Uh... <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor to be cyberbullied by Rivka Reyes. Uh, so, my friend Megan loves. Oh, now I'm in my head about the bagels. Okay. So <laughs> my friend Megan loves bagels. She says she's a bagel babe. I'm a donut dude because um, I prefer donuts. They're both circular and they both have holes. So I, Yeah, but I one has them. frosting. It's true. Yes, yes. So I'm, I used to be a donut dude. However, in the last week, I have become a bagel boy. Uh, I love cream cheese now. When I was a kid, I, uh, I hated cream cheese. I thought it was disgusting. I don't know why. Um, but in the last week, I think it's because I got really good Asiago bagels from my grocer. And, um, I was like, well, I don't know what to pair with this besides cream cheese. So I got it kind of begrudgingly and, um, just changed my life. I, I had a really great, great string of breakfasts with these, these dang bagels. Um, Asiago is good too. I love Asiago bagels. I love, yeah. um, a cheddar jalapeno moment. I mean, I'm a really big fan of an everything bagel. Um, I'm oh, Jewish, uh, and my dad uh, had a little tradition where he would drive out to Skokie, which is one of the like um, neighborhoods outside of Chicago, um, like right outside of Chicago, that um, they have this little shop called New York Bagel and Bialy, and he would just get a bunch of bagels. I love a Bialy too, um, but I'm a I'm a big fan of like an everything bagel with a little bit of um, uh, chive schmear and uh, a bit of uh, lox or, you know, just a couple slices of a red onion. Ugh, I love bagel culture. The, my favorite place in the entire world is a bagel shop in New York called Russ and Daughters. It's, it's literally my, like, Anytime I'm in New York, I'm like, I must stop there to grab my things. And my things are like, yeah, I get a dozen bagels. I bring them to my sisters because I'll stay with my sisters when I'm in New York. I'll get a bunch of bagels, a bunch of locks. Um, I really like the Scottish uh, or the, the Norwegian. Um, I love gravlocks too with like a little bit of dill on there. I get the cream cheese, the schmear with the chive and scallion. Um, I get some tofu schmear as well for my my sister's boyfriend who's dairy free mm-hmm. um and then i'll get a chocolate babka which i don't know if you've ever had babka nope. it's like this marbled uh sweet bread um they they do it's it's like layers and layers of like butter and chocolate filling and oh it's <laughs> It's I just have chills right now thinking about it, and then I get a bunch of um, little raspberry jelly bars. Uh, they're they're little chocolate covered um, jelly 
candies and it, it's just, yeah, Russ and Daughters is my happy place. It's like, uh, I just feel like so close to like just the, the motherland, <laughs> you know, when I'm over there and are, yeah, I'm just obsessed. Are they on Gold Belly? I don't know what Gold Belly is. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I love food. So uh, Gold Belly is a service. They're not sponsoring. I wish. Um, it's a service that you can get food from anywhere in the country and they ship it to you frozen and they use dry ice to keep it frozen for the shipping time, like a few days. Um, and it's, it's super expensive, but if you really, really miss somewhere that is, is where you used to live, um, like they if I wanted to... It. Oh, sweet. Okay, well, I just... They do have it. Ruined your life. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you haven't ruined my life. I mean, they have a... Yeah, they have a $14 loaf of chocolate babka. It's gorgeous. It has a little crumble on top. I don't know if you can see kind yes. of what it looks like. Yes, Yeah, definitely. it's... It, oh, it's stunning. Oh, how pretty. She's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't ruin my life. I'm just gonna... I'm probably gonna just ask my my dad to <laughs> ship me some Russ and Daughters. Yeah. Um, I, I know Russ and... They, they, they do have an online shop that's probably a little cheaper than the Gold Belly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, ugh, ugh, I can't stop thinking about it now. Now it's the rest of the podcast I'm going to be thinking about <laughs> Russ and Daughters. Yeah, I'm used to it. Everyone's there's nothing like it in LA either. Like, I mean, there's Cantor's Delicatessen, but their, their babka doesn't live up. Their bagels don't live up because it's New York's water is just so yeah, much better. Yeah, their water is different. And, yeah. Yeah, the water here is just bad. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but there is a bagel shop near me. I might actually go grab one after this um, if oh, I have yeah. time. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a bagel newbie, so all that stuff you said is is new to me. But I will uh, keep trying, keep dipping Welcome. my toe in. Thank you. You like capers? Uh, never had. So okay, so they're like little baby salty olives, and they're they're really good um, on a, like just like a plain or not a plain, but like a everything bagel with cream cheese and just a couple of capers and a good piece of salmon. Oh my God. Ugh. Love it. I'm a bagel connoisseur. Yeah. I could never be vegan because I love, like I love bagels and lox and, and cream cheese so much. Um, I do say that I'm plant-based because I do mostly eat plants, but I will do anything to fuck up a bagel. Um, (laughs) well, I love that. That's improving your life. Ugh, that makes me so happy. Thank you. Well, How dare that. you say that's a bad one? That's a great one. Bagels are like one of my biggest sources of joy in this world. All right. Sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I've forgiven you. Um, you meditated. That's right. Yes, yes. I'm in the forgiving spirit. Um, mine, well, you said it was like something I've done over the last week or less to improve my life. I was going to talk so. about making... Oh, or so. Okay. And that can be as long as like another week. <laughs> I would say okay, maybe even but that's two. The, that's the max. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm clearly very... Um, I, can I have be convinced three. Of anything. Is it okay that I have three? Yes. yes. Okay. So number one is before you even like take your morning pee or like make your morning coffee or whatever, mm-hmm. before I do those things, like I have to at least think of three things that I'm grateful for. And then I make my bed. I, if I have a messy bed, like I am just, I can't like, especially cause I have a studio apartment. My bed is like right over there. If I'm looking at this mate unmade bed all day, like I'm going to be 
I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. So make my bed. Lately, something that I've been doing for myself on Mondays, and this is a mix of like essentialism and also witchcraft, um, is on Mondays, what I'll do is I'll dump my um, like kind of small tasks that I have to do for the week onto this um, this website called Notion, which is like Google Drive on crack. And it's amazing. And I'm obsessed with it. Um, and I dump them all into one column. And then I just take one by one and schedule them a different day of the week. Oh. And then I set out to do those things. So it's like, you know, laundry, um, groceries, like whatever, those little things. But then also like brainstorming for, you know, a project or um, calling my Aunt Cheryl or, you know, getting a rug, <laughs> so, you know, whatever it is. And that way, like each day we have little esteemable actions that we can do to like take one step closer to like betterment or more and <laughs> just a more illuminated life. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's another one. So yeah. Okay. I guess that was three gratitude, make the bed and strategizing like what your week's going to be. And it's so boring. Like, I feel like mine is so boring, but like that's, it, it's been for me being like so disorganized and so chaotic. Yeah. Most of the time it's been really, really helping with my, stress levels and also with like my lack especially in quarantine like I feel so unaccomplished and so like unuseful and so this is like a way that I help myself be more useful um and then if I were to say one more thing um I am a caffeine addict and I've been noticing that like the more caffeine I drink the more anxiety I feel so I've been cutting down on that and instead of doing caffeine I've been doing um uh, ceremonial cacao, which I love. And I, I do have like an affiliate link in my bio, which you can put in the notes if you want. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, it's, it's, it, it feels, it's so much more of a, um, joyful energy boost. There's, there's, I think a like a, maybe a tea, like a teensy weensy little iota of caffeine in it, but if you blend it up good, put some good herbs in there, like, ooh, that is like a, that is a good way to start the day. It's like you're drinking chocolate for breakfast. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Um, I've never had it. I mean, I've had chocolate, but not this cacao stuff. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really good. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll go to that affiliate link. Um, it'll, it'll be in the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're you're gonna be so sick of that word by the time I'm this not. Is over. I think it's so funny. I love a good um, what's it called? Portmanteau. I love a good portmanteau. Yeah. I and I think it's one of the only ideas I've had that isn't done by another show. So, um, <laughs> if I can do one that isn't done by a million other podcasts, that's great. Um, that was our first edition of Upgraded, and um, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk to you about one aspect of your career, especially because I just think you're so so good at this um and i I haven't heard too many people talk to you about it your songs are awesome uh i'm I'm talking about cuffing season lies i was the one (laughs) it was great it's so true uh forgot your name and nothing to do with you i i'm just wondering when's the album coming out 
puppies like that are just mm-hmm. like chilling in my Google Drive waiting for me to send to somebody for feedback. Like I, I just literally have so many finished but unfinished projects that I'm like waiting on. And the album has been the most, I think, highly requested one. And I'm like, I don't know what is holding me back from giving it to these people that are just like ready for it. Um, I think, you know... I do have enough material to do at least an EP and, and I could probably get that going this year. And yeah, you know, my, my good friend, Naika, she, she keeps on, you know, urging me to get an album going. And I think, you know, I just started this Patreon page where I post, you know, music, um, and voice memo demos and things like that. Um, and poetry and whatnot and, you know, tarot videos, et cetera. I think, once I get my podcast going, like it'll probably end up being a, a added benefit of like, you get to hear the podcast before other people. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I honestly, the, the, the answer to the question, when is the album coming is uh, soon. Ooh, that's a scoop. And you did mention your podcast there. Um, do you want me to edit that out later? <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm there, there is a podcast that's, that's, on the horizon um okay. we don't have to say anything else <laughs> okay i i'm very excited for it um so i want to i want to tell people if you're listening to this and you haven't heard rivka's music check it out because um the the singing is awesome um the lyrics are really funny and really relatable um really just a great sound overall the studio track that i've heard is really well produced um while still having life to it, still really funny. And um, you've got your own thing going there. You brought up Jack Black earlier, but I, I, I picked up on a lot of other artists, and uh, but mostly I picked up on you, and that's why it was Thank so refreshing you. to me because, like, I, I read your Medium article first as we talked about, and then I went to check out your music, and I was kind of expecting, okay, so this is a this is a smart and serious person, uh, clearly, um, which there are funny parts to your article, but um. I, I for, for the most part, I was like ready for some, uh, you know, serious ballads. And then I uh, just had a blast. I was chuckling. Thank and... you. Yeah, I, I find that like, you know, for me, I love writing non-comedic music, too. I have a couple of songs, too, that I, I think it would be cool to actually do an album that had a blend of both um, or like a, a double cider where it's like five funny songs, five not funny songs. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I found this thing happen where because I was kind of known in Chicago as a comedian um, that when I would do my non-comedic songs at these variety shows, because in Chicago, this is why I love Chicago so much. There's a lot of alt comedy and like variety. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of sketch, there's a lot of improv. And then there's like people who are just straight up clowns when they go on stage. Like they, the PowerPoints are huge in Chicago. I love PowerPoint comedy. Not my thing (laughs) to, for me to perform, but love to watch it. Um, I love to watch a good PowerPoint. Yeah, one of my favorite PowerPoint comedians is um, Megan Stalter, um, and she's more now characters oh. on Instagram. She's such a star. Um, I, know, I, know, I know of her work. Yeah, I know her. Oh, she's I didn't so know good. she was a PowerPoint comedian, though. Wow. She did a lot of PowerPoint stuff in Chicago, um, okay. and there are shows that are specifically dedicated to PowerPoint comedy. It's, it's wild. I don't have the patience, um, but <laughs> I love a good PowerPoint. Um, I think they're so funny. Uh and there's a lot of musical comedy there. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people who are talented with like looping and they do live looping in their comedy. Um, but 
every once in a while I'd be on a show, uh, be asked to do one of the variety shows and I would come in with like one of my originals that's not funny, that wasn't meant to be funny, but I would still get laughs because I think that people are expecting comedy from me and then like certain lines might have like a comedic edge that I wasn't even intending for that to have. I guess what I'm saying is like, I just like I'm naturally hilarious and perfect and amazing, but like, yeah, like the, <laughs> I, I, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what musically happens for me. Um, and yeah, I, I do, uh, open when I open the Akashic records, sometimes I'll, I'll just like write a song while I'm in there and just, uh, see what comes out. And I like got a notebook that has my like lyrics that I've written while I was in there or poetry that I've written while I was in there. And I'm like, this is so good. Like, what what do I do with it? Like, <laughs> and because I don't have that like great uh, sense of like production skill, like, you know, forgot your name. I was I was blessed to work with Alex Kleiner, who's uh, who I know from Second City as like a music director, but he's just also just a great pop producer. And mm-hmm. I told him I was like, I really want like Demi Lovato vibes for this song, and he gave me exactly what I wanted. Like, and I couldn't have asked for a better. You know, collaboration. Yeah. Um, actually, most of my musical collaborators are from Second City. Um, like people like John Love, who, you know, when I was in Chicago, he would come with me to gigs and play piano for the songs that, you know, I because once I kind of put down the guitar, um, I didn't put it down like forever or anything like that. But I just honestly got sick of carrying it to gigs because <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. have a car yeah. um, and I didn't want to be on the train with a guitar anymore. So, you know. But I also felt like I could be freer in my body and I could like hold the mic in my hand and like walk around the stage and dance a little bit um, more easily. Um, and John Love is, uh, we're working on something right now um, together um, with another Chicago comedian. Like there, there's just so much, yeah. I miss Chicago in that like it's a city of collaboration and LA very much doesn't feel that way. But now yeah. that I've been here a little over a year and some change, and I've also been back and forth between here and Chicago for you know, three years now, um, I, I've found like my people out in LA, like the, the people that I do want to collaborate with. And with all this free time, there's, there's a lot of that going on. So yeah. Good. Um, nothing to do with you is one of those songs where you're not playing a guitar. And I thought that was like one of the best ones. So you're on, you're on a good path. Uh, that was a recent one, right? That was like 2019. Yeah. I, um, so I was on a show called Bring the Funny on NBC. Um, well, I, I participated in that show. I was not like, I mean, I was on it for five seconds when it aired, but um, I was one of like 40 comics that got to compete on that show. And um, they they brought me in and they were like, we love your stuff. It's so blue. Like we need some more uh, TV, like NBC appropriate stuff. And one of the ones that I wrote for the uh, show was nothing to do with you, but I never got to do it on the show. So it just kind of became one of my pieces in my repertoire. Same with Forgot Your Name, another one that um, I didn't get to do on the show. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 it was a nice challenge to be given that thing of like, hey, like, can you write some network appropriate stuff? Because, you know, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but Huge. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you were a Rachel Bloom fan. I don't like to huge compare fan. people to. Yeah, I'm a huge Rachel Love Bloom her. fanatic. I actually like got stoked when you said no, that. No, don't apologize. You like, apologize I too felt much, Rachel bro. Bloom vibes from nothing to do with you and definitely name. Um, and I'm a huge fan. I ordered her biography, 
and I accidentally sent it to the wrong apartment where I used to live, and it, it, it is lost. It is, uh, <laughs> and I don't think they shipped it back. So I think I like to think that someone who's living in that apartment now opened the package and started reading. And has book. now become a big Rachel Bloom fan. Rachel, she's Bloom so Stan. good. I yeah. love her so much. She's so she's so good. I I just adore. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was so, so good. And yeah. I, I watched it, like, a little late in the game. Uh, like, I, I think I let it go, like, for two or three seasons before I got into it. And, and then I, like, devoured it. And, like, t- within the course of, like, two weeks, I just watched mm-hmm. every episode. And, and yeah. Um, my What's your favorite song from that show? Um, that's a good question. Um, Settle for me, maybe. Um, it's, like, season one, but it's just... Good one. It's a really good one. Um, or yeah, I love Santino Fontana so much. The actor who played Greg, he's yep. so dreamy. I saw him in Tootsie, bad musical, great performance uh, on his part. He was he was fantastic, and I think he did win a Tony for that. Um, um, we'll never we'll never have problems again. Is up there too. Um, ooh, I'm not remembering that one. Which one is that? <laughs> that's where Rebecca and Josh are in a relationship now, and they are completely delusional and thinking they're never going to have problems again. It's a disco themed number yes is that the one where i was like live fade out live yes fade out? Yes. yes i do remember that one my <laughs> personal favorites are um you stupid bitch classic it's actually yeah. that's yes. one of my audition songs for mm-hmm. if i'm ever going in for something comedic uh musical theater wise and then mm-hmm. i really love the math of love triangles so much why didn't i say that god damn it. it's so smart <laughs> it's so smart she's so it's fucking too- brilliant and how dumb she played in that song yeah and just oh god I lo- uh, that song is so good um what's the other one that i always go back to the um shit show yeah i almost said that but i didn't want to do another santino and seem like i didn't like any so of the good. rachel numbers um that's an amazing one that makes me cry actually me too uh, that that yeah. i mean i was full full body chills full tears when that yep. moment happened on the show um, I really love, uh, um, the <laughs> sexy French depression. Hell yeah. Uh, what about, I also um, love the, the sexy... dream ghosts. Yeah. That's a great one. What about sexy getting ready song? Classic. That's from episode one. And it's like, they just nailed it right out of the gate. Uh, yeah. oh, West Covina from episode one as well. I mean, again, classic. What... Yeah. You should listen to the episode of, um, she was on my favorite podcast, which is Las Culturistas. It's an old ass episode, but she was on it, and it was it was like around the time she had just won the first uh, Golden Globe, and like yeah, it it was just it's such a good episode to like listen back to. And the hosts yeah. now are both like super, you know, of that show. It's Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang's on SNL, and Matt Rogers is the host of Hot Dog on HBO Max, and you know, he's got other projects coming up. He was on Search Party, like. I couple need to other watch things. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been a fan of Rachel's uh, for a long time. Uh, was following her YouTube channel, um, which was full of just amazing, well produced music videos. So it's been so cool to see her yeah. just, you know, I want to do really more. I want to do more music videos. That was like kind of when I pitched my uh, Forgot Your Name to Cassie, my director. I was like, I want it to be like a pop video. Like, I want yeah. it to feel, look, and sound like a pop music star video. And she was like, I got you. She sent me the mood board. The pitch deck was like all like shots of like Ariana Grande and like Demi Lovato. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. And then I um, borrowed some clothes from my friend Maggie, who is a pop star, like, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, we made it happen. And it was like the most fun I've ever had on set was like, 
being the star of my own music videos. It's like, why would I not want to do that more often? Um, so yeah, I mean, and one of my best friends out here is Layla Jarman, who she's like a major music video director. And, and I, I think that's on the horizon as well. More music videos in 2021. You heard it here first. That is awesome. Um, I, I look forward to it. Um, forward to more of those. So this segment is a new one as well. It's called net positive. It's, uh, a segment where, again, from the last week or so, we talk about something we saw on the internet that brightened our days because the internet can be a toxic place. It's, uh, it's no secret, but it can also lead to really cool stuff. And, um, I'm going to share my screen with you, Rivka. Um, bear with me a sec. I'm going to show you this video that made my day. Cat playing with coyote. And um, Oh my is, god. I'm not going to play the full video. It's 4 minutes and 12 seconds, but it will be in no. certain notes. Um, and I don't think you'll hear the sound, but it's... Uh, it's really good. So at first you're watching this and you're like, this cat's being dragged by the coyote. Oh, oh. there we go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's going pretty well now. Coyotes <laughs> so, are crazy. Yeah. I don't think is, I've ever seen one. Yeah, I, they are in the Midwest. Um, and uh, you have to be careful. But yeah, this is, this is yeah, great. Yeah, they, I mean, they kind of like roam around my neighborhood in Chicago that I'm from. Yeah. Because um, there's a they, graveyard right next to my parents' house, and they, they, yeah, the coyotes are all up in that graveyard. Oh so the, my gosh. What I love is the cat is such a fighter. It jumps on the coyote. The coyote's being submissive here, and the cat is just <laughs> going for it. Um, and it's, it's, they say it's a domesticated coyote, which I didn't know that was a thing, but. Um, I didn't know that was a thing either. <laughs> I truly thought they were just like wild animals meant to be in the wild. Yeah, I, I do wonder how that. Can you hear that sound, by the way? I can't. Um, from the, okay, darn. Well, um, it's just <laughs> the coyote has the zoomies now, and uh, it's very cool to see a, a coyote have zoomies. So yeah, that's what made my week um, online was this video of a cat wrestling and fighting a coyote, and the coyote being a good sport. So, um, so I'm mine stop now. is I have a couple of things. I was like going in my mind of like, what do I want to talk about? There's a couple TikTok, right? We're going back to TikTok. Yep. It's it's um, it's really. It's really a great place. Um, and <laughs> I find that there are a lot of these like dance challenges and, you know, TikTok challenges and, and people bringing these songs that are old, that, that are like oldies yeah, yeah, and making them into dance challenges. And I love it so much. My favorite dance challenge right now, and you can see it on my TikTok, is the Zanzibar Challenge. It's a Billy Joel song. Um, and some person on TikTok made a dance to this Billy Joel song that is just like blowing up all over uh, TikTok. And all these kids are like discovering Billy Joel, which like that brings me so much joy because Billy Joel is one of my idols. Like I just, his storytelling is just so, so fucking good. Vienna is my favorite song of his, like I think of all time. Uh, pretty basic, I know, but like it's so, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, powerful song. Um, and the Zanzibar challenge is really fun. And Billy Joel is even like partaken in it. And like he's <laughs> wow. shared a bunch of the videos on his Instagram, which is really cute. Um, uh, but that's not what I, that's one of two things. And, you know, you can link my Billy Joel dance challenge in the notes if you want. Um, my, <laughs> this is, um, 
this one's just it brings me so much joy it's from 2012 but i it's i saw it on tiktok it resurfaced um and it's been living rent free in my mind because i think it perfectly (laughs) encapsulates what it's like to have siblings and you could if you could let me share my screen that would be tight okay you're good (laughs) yeah Some nights I stay up cashing in my bad blood. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some (laughs) nights I wish they'd just fall off. But I still wake up. I still see a ghost. Oh, Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for. Oh, what do I stand for? What do I stand for the most nights? I don't know anymore. Oh my god. Oh, 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 I love this. This is great. <laughs> it's so good. It's like it encapsulates like what it is like to be both the younger sibling and the yep. older sibling. And yep. I am the oldest of four. And um, I feel like, you know, I was very much, you know, both the younger sibling in that moment and the older sibling in the moment. Like, I definitely there are videos that were just absolutely ruined. My My poor sisters, like they were doing their best like trying to like make these youtube videos like singing or my, it was specifically my sister sarah would be like making a video singing and then me or one of my other sisters Giorgio, would like come into the video and just like steal the show because that is like what i as a leo do and then there are also videos where i am doing very serious like you know musical theater um like you know last five years and I'm just like Jamie is over and Jamie is gone and in the background my little sister is like like spanking her ass and like shaking and like dancing around and being stupid um and and it just it unlocked that core memory for me of like doing my best and and trying to make a video and then having my little sisters come in and be adorable and annoying but like also just be like I love you and the vice versa of it where I would come in and like fuck with my sisters and try to steal the spotlight too it's perfect <laughs> it's a perfect video um I love that the the girl singing in the front is getting visibly annoyed but also still recording because it's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, she, like, I love that, like, you can see the moment where she knows her sister is about to just, like, walk in and just steal the show. You see (laughs) all of the, like, happiness and joy just, like, leave her face. (laughs) Oh, no. So good. Um, I bet you can't guess what uh, sign I am. I bet you can't guess what sign, okay. I would say either Pisces or... Virgo. You're correct. Yeah. Virgo. Virgo? Yeah. Yeah. August You know 30th. who else is a Virgo? Who? Jack Black. Zach Gow. All right. Um, that's my best Jack Black noise. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. I didn't know he was a Virgo, but... Yeah, explains... August 29th. Oh. Well, geez. Now I know what to tell him when I meet him. When's uh, your birthday? <laughs> August 30th. Wait. Actually, I might be wrong. It might be that... No, it's not August 30th. I would know that. I would, you know, everyone knows celebrities that share their birthday. Um, 
I think Michael Jackson is August. It's August twenty eighth. Okay. All right. Still, and kind you're right of fun. about Michael Jackson is the 29th, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Leo. I'm I'm very uh, very much Leo. I'm August 18th, so our birthdays okay. are not that far apart. Uh, um, yeah, I I was gonna ask if you were a Virgo when I saw it because I saw your birthday on Twitter, but I I, I looked like I did. For I'm the close. I'm, I'm I'm very close. I don't believe in cusps. I like I yeah. think that because like the moment you were born is in a sign, like an in an exact sign, and and. We can get into it or we don't have to, but like, you know, with the birth chart, it is a literal snapshot of the sky the minute you were mm-hmm. born. And like it in it just being a Virgo, like, you know, that doesn't even begin to tell the entire story that is Michael Rowland. Like that the, there's mm-hmm. like so much more to you than I'm a Virgo. Like and there's so much more to me than I'm a Leo because I feel like Leo's yep. first of all get the worst rap in the in the maybe not the worst. I feel like Gemini's I don't know. and, and Geminis get it pretty bad because Trump is a Gemini. Um, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like all the signs have, again, an illuminated side and a shadow. And the shadow of Leo is often that we're, like, very dramatic and we're very egotistical. Um, but I think the illuminated side that people often forget is that we are, like, fiercely loyal and, like, super generous and, and just genuinely love being the cheerleader of other people. And, like, I feel like the Virgo thing is, like, yeah, the, the shadow is like highly analytical of self and others and then and critical um, and, and perfectionist to a fault and like super detail oriented. But then the the illuminated side of it is like so much pure intention, like sincere desire to be helpful, you know, that kind of thing. And and I, I love my Virgo friends. Like I, I feel like my last roommate was a Virgo. She was super um, neurotic, but also at the same time, like just very well intentioned everything was coming from a genuine place of like, I just want to be helpful. Like, you know, and the unsolicited advice, I was, I was able to look past it because it was most of the time genuinely pretty helpful. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't do the unsolicited advice anymore, but I definitely used to. Um, I dated an Aries for a little bit a few years ago. Fun. Uh, uh, I shouldn't have. (laughs) Um, Cause she, (laughs) When she heard, when she found out I was a Virgo, she was like, "I don't like Virgos," and I was like, "All right." And I feel like everyone I meet is like, "I don't like Virgos," and I'm like, "Well, that hurts, but uh, thanks." <laughs> yeah, but then when you look at all the Virgos that exist, like you know, we look at right. Jack Black, Michael Jack. Well, eh, I don't know Michael yeah. Jackson. Jack Black. Ugh. You said Jack Black twice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like and and we look at you know other uh, Beyonce's a Virgo. You know, um, just so many powerful, strong people who yeah. are in that sign. Um, I don't, I don't like Zendaya. To Zendaya is a Virgo. Yeah, I don't like to generalize people based on their sign. I think that's uh, like you said, shadow, light, black cloud, yeah. silver lining, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's there's um, you know every every sign every placement too. Like you know, my my I know my entire chart back and forth. I also know what houses my planets are in and stuff like that. Like just because I'm such a nerd about this stuff, and like yes. I think, okay, yeah, because of the way I, you know, am conditioned as a Leo is that, yeah, like, I'm the center of attention, sure, whatever, I'm the sun, I want to be the center of the universe, but I have a a placement, the Libra rising, you know, which balances me out, and the Libra rising is in the 12th house uh, and the first house at the same time, so it's, like, self and also mystery and also, like, transformation and all of that, and, and, you know, I, I, I tend to have a pretty balanced kind of chart and, and, like... I have a lot of the, I have all four of the elements like sporadically strewn about my chart, you know, so it leaves me in this position of 
being open to growth, like, and, and wisdom and, and, you know, change and stuff where I feel like the earth signs like Virgo, Taurus and Capricorn have a harder time with being open to change, but depending on where you are, like with your rising, your moon, your Chiron, whatever, like your Saturn, (laughs) all of them, you know, it it, it can't just be simplified as like, I'm a Virgo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Um, all right, Rivka. Well, thank you so much for coming on um, my show. I really appreciate uh, you making the time for for me. I I just sent you a DM saying your your article was really good, and uh, I'd love to have you on. And it means the world that you uh, stopped by. Um, thank you. No, thank you for having me. You're a great interviewer, and and this is oh. really fun. And I loved all of those segments. It was really hard for me. One of my my shadow qualities of being a labor rising is that I'm very indecisive, and it's hard for me to like pick one thing. And I was just like, Ooh, I want to do all of these segments. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I um, whenever anyone says I'm a good interviewer, I feel so flattered, and I blush because I'm not even trying to interview. Like I'm just like t- I'm just talking. I'm just talking, but. I that's that's how I feel about like you know interviewing and podcasts and stuff. It's like yeah. the best ones are like not so structured that it's like yep. interviewee, but like you've clearly done your research. Like you've you know you've done a lot of of um you you looked at my Twitter. Like that's I'm sorry. Like <laughs> my Twitter is very chaotic. I feel like very it's much a great my follow. my TikTok or my TikTok and my Instagram are very much ego. Um, eh, no, my Instagram is very ego. And then my TikTok and my Twitter are very id where I'm just like, blah. Yeah. Um, well, this is our, uh, section where you get to plug. So plug whatever you want here. Um, people can yeah. find you. Yeah. Bad Animal, my movie, um, is coming out on February 26th. It's going to be, um, very limited release just because we're pitching to fetch, uh, festivals and stuff, but you can follow at bad animal film on Instagram for updates on that and how you can get your hands on it, um, on a screener. Um, there is TikTok and Instagram. Uh, mine is Rivka.Reyes on TikTok and Instagram. And then Twitter, it's just Rivka Reyes. I don't think they allow you to have a dot in there. Um, and then I have a Patreon where I, you know, share my poetry, my music, um, tarot videos. If you join the top tier, you get a monthly tarot reading one-on-one with me, which is really fun. Um, what else? Podcast coming soon. Um, yeah, my website, you can book a tarot reading with me if you're interested in that. My website is just rivcarreas.com. And uh, thank you so much, Michael, for having me. This is great. Oh, well, it was, it was my pleasure. It's going to be the listener's pleasure. And uh, folks, you can follow the show at ITPNT podcast on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Friendster, uh, uh, Zanga. And <laughs> Zanga, hell yeah, live journal. Um, but yeah, so until next week, take care of yourselves. This is a, a pro mental health podcast, so do what you can to um, take care of yourself. And um, you know, inner peace brings outer peace. So we will catch you next week. Stay safe. Bye.